What's up, y'all? We are back with another edition of the DNBR Rams podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. Download it today. Use the promo code DNBR when you sign up. It is close to 10 p.m. on Thursday, April 6th. While I'm recording this, the Rockies won their home opener today. At the end of the pod, I'll kind of talk about just the similarities and the differences, I guess, between rooting for the Rockies and rooting for CSU. If you've rooted for both of them for a long time, the way that I have obviously experienced quite a bit of disappointment, but the future certainly looks much brighter for the green and gold than it does for the purple and black. Um, We'll also talk about the top five sporting days of the year from the fans' perspective. I put a poll on Twitter asking what was a better day Uh, Day one of the NCAA tournament or day one of the Masters NCAA tournament ran away with it. I should have put Sunday of the Masters. That probably would have been a more interesting debate, but we'll have just a little bit of fun with that one. What I wanted to start with, though, is just talking about Becky Hammond's legacy. She was recently inducted into the Pro Basketball Hall of Fame, or it was announced that she'll be going in. I should say she'll be officially inducted this August. Becky, Tony Parker, Pau Gasol, Greg Popovich, Dirk Nowitzki, and Dwayne Wade are the six that will all be going in. Pretty good class to be associated with. That is a lot of basketball greatness in one group. As a player, Becky's resume is insane. At CSU from 95 through 99, she was a three-time All-American, three-time WAC Player of the Year. Still holds the school record for points, points per game, field goals, uh, steals, three-pointers, all kinds of stuff. Uh, She led the Rams to multiple NCAA tournament appearances, including a Sweet 16 run in 1999. After that, she went on to the WNBA, starring for the New York Liberty. She led the league in scoring in 2003, was inducted into their Ring of Honor back in 2015, ultimately finished her WNBA career with the San Antonio Silver Stars. When it was all said and done, though, she was a six-time WNBA All-Star And she was the seventh player all time to score 5,000 points in her career. If she had just stopped there, if she had never gotten into coaching, that alone would be a pretty absurd legacy. But really, she was just getting started. I mean, she went on to become the first full-time paid female coach on an NBA staff with Greg Popovich and the San Antonio Spurs. She was on that staff for nine years and really earned a, a... great reputation as a bright mind and a terrific coach. I mean, Popovich trusted her enough to lead the team a couple of times in his absence. She coached the team in summer league a few times for a long time. It felt like she was the natural successor in line to Popovich in San Antonio. She was there for so long. It would have been a really neat story. At some point, whether it's Becky or Don Staley, somebody's rightfully going to get a shot at it to be the first female head coach in the NBA. But I do wonder, and this is purely speculation, I've never met Becky. I've never been fortunate enough to interview her. Obviously, that's a pretty tough get these days. But just as somebody that's observed her career for a long time, I do wonder if her role now as one of the biggest faces of the WNBA, really as one of the most prominent figures for the league, if she feels a responsibility to kind of stick around the WNBA and and help it grow because the WNBA and the women's game, they continue to, to make strides. Women's basketball is growing immensely. 
I mean, especially at the college level. At the college level, it's great. The interest in the women's tournament this year really showcases that. But the WNBA is still a work in progress. The fact that these players have to go overseas just to make enough money to be a, a basketball player realistically not, and not have to work waiting tables or something, that's not great. We're to a point now where players would rather stay in college because they can make more money on NIL than they are in the WNBA. At the collegiate level, especially if you're playing for a top program like Iowa or South Carolina, something like that, you're getting chartered flights. You're not getting that in the WNBA. You're flying Southwest. And I'm not saying any of this stuff to slam the WNBA or anything like that. It's just to point out that there's work to be done. There's still a lot of room for growth when it comes to the WNBA. And to me, right now is the perfect time to capitalize on the interest in, in women's basketball. It's never been more a part of the mainstream conversation. The fact that we're still talking about the drama between Caitlin Clark and Angel Reese and all that stuff that went down between LSU Iowa is a perfect indicator of that. But if the WNBA is going to continue to grow and it's it's going to get bigger, having figures like Becky Hammond be prominently a part of that, I think it's really huge. It's a difficult position being a trailblazer like Becky is, and I'm not sure that she totally embraced that early on. Again, this is just based on what I've read about her, what I've heard about her, but she's most certainly embraced it now. And I do wonder if she's just kind of put aside some of those NBA head coach aspirations, not that it wouldn't be something she'd be interested in or open to, but just seeing everything that she's doing for the WNBA, whether it's being on the broadcast of the national championship game and getting the attention that way or going to these big events and, and speaking publicly, she's really come into her own as one of the figures and faces of the WNBA. And I just, I think she understands that she can help grow the league in a way that very few can. Again, I still think it'd be neat to see her become the first female head coach in the in the NBA, she certainly paid her dues with all the time that she spent in San Antonio in that regard. And I don't know why you would, but if you were still skeptical of her abilities as a head coach after that, she went on and immediately just had success as the Aces head coach in the WNBA. At this point, her resume speaks for itself is what I'm trying to say. But regardless of what she ultimately decides to do, I just think it's so cool that this massively important figure in the basketball world is a Ram legend, is a CSU Ram. I think it'd be pretty cool to name the basketball court after her. I, I know that the the volleyball side is honoring Hilbert, but I think it'd be cool on the hoop side to honor her. I think it'd be cool if the men's team wore a version of the the gold throwbacks that the women wear as well, just kind of as an homage to her legacy and kind of how it transcends. I mean, she's just a great hooper. Like, yes, she is one of the greatest women's basketball players of all time, but she's just one of the greatest basketball players of all time, period. And with CSU, I don't even think it's a debate. She's without question the greatest basketball player of all time. So I just think it would be neat if the court honored her in some way. Um, I mean, her legacy is, is just insane, and she continues to be just such a, a terrific representative for CSU no matter what way you look at it, she would be on the Mount Rushmore of greatest CSU athletes of all time. That is really challenging to do, by the way. I kind of loosely put one together for the pod, but this is probably a topic we'll have to revisit because I'm sure there will be 
many opinionated responses that tell me why I was wrong for including someone or excluding someone else, but I think it would be Becky. I think it would be Amy Van Dyken, who's in the International Swimming Hall of Fame and the Olympic Hall of Fame. I think it would be Fun McGraw, who's in the College Football Hall of Fame, CSU's first All-American. The four spot is the toughest. I think you have to go Jack Christensen right now just because he's CSU's only representative in the NFL Hall of Fame. He was a legendary track athlete as well, so really versatile. But it's hard to leave out guys like Greg Myers or Trey McBride, you know, Bill Green. If Isaiah comes back for a fifth year, I think he has a really strong case, especially if CSU goes on some type of run and he plays a big part of that. McKenna has an opportunity to cement herself among the greatest as well. I mean, there are so many people that you can include. I think you can make a really strong argument for probably 15 to 20 athletes, but you have four spots. And because it's it's such tight competition, you really got to look at who stands out in a way that the others don't. And with people like Becky, with Amy Van Dyken, I think that's, I just think you can't even argue it. But shout out to Becky Hammond. An amazing legacy continuing to trailblaze and just make Ram Nation proud. Before we move on and talk about some of the similarities of rooting for CSU and the Rockies over the years, some of the differences as well, and then we will get into the top five sporting days of the year as a fan. Take on the sun with gear that's built to last. Our friends at Shady Rays have you covered for the warm weather ahead with premium polarized shades at an affordable price. Shady Rays is an independent sunglasses company that offers a world-class product that's just as good as in any expensive pair we've worn. Durable frames and extremely clear optics for outdoor adventures. That's not all. Shady Rays offers the most insane protection in all of eyewear. Every pair of sunglasses is backed by lost and broken replacements. If you lose or break your pair even on day one, they are going to send you a brand new pair, no questions asked. Wear your Shady Rays with confidence because they have your back long after you purchase. Together with their customers, Shady Rays is providing much-needed support to nonprofit partners across the U.S. through Shady Rays Impact, from building playsets for pediatric cancer patients to providing young adults with MS the outdoor adventure of a lifetime. Shady Rays is making an impact in your community and others like it now and for years to come. If you don't love your Shady Rays, exchange for a new pair or return them free within 30 days. There's no risk when you shop. Their team always has your back. And exclusively for our listeners, Shady Rays has given out the best deal of the season. Go to ShadyRays.com, use the code DNVR for 50% off two pairs of polarized sunglasses. Try for yourself the shades rated five stars by over 250,000 people. I also want to talk to you guys about Athletic Greens. I started taking AG1 because I just wanted to be healthier, but I'm not a big pills and supplements guy, especially if I have to take like 9, 10. I'm out, too much work. I'm not in, and that's what's great about AG1. With one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens. It's a great way to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, energy, recovery, focus, aging, all the things. It's got like a mild tropical taste, but it's not super overwhelming or anything like that. kind of tastes like a green tea latte if you've ever had one of those. But AG1 is lifestyle-friendly, so if you're keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, gluten-free, you're good there. Less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals or artificial anything while still tasting good. It's less than $3 a day. You're investing in your health, and it's cheaper than a cold brew habit. 
and tons of people take some kind of multivitamin, it's important to choose one that your body is actually going to be able to absorb. AG1 is a small micro habit with big benefits. It's one thing you can do every single day to take great care of yourself. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition, especially heading into the flu and cold season. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you got to do, go to athleticgreens.com rams. Again, that is athleticgreens.com rams to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. All right, finally, it's time to give you guys my DraftKings Pick of the Week. DraftKings Pick of the Week. Got the NBA playoffs coming up. Really excited as a Nuggets fan, although the last month has made me a little bit nervous. That said, when you look at the best value out there, I think right now the Milwaukee Bucks to come out of the East at plus 130 is the best value. I just think they're the most complete team. I think Giannis is the best player in the NBA right now. I love Jokic. I think Giannis is just unstoppable. In, in ways that very few guys are when he puts his head down and goes to the basket. I don't know what you're supposed to do. I will say I'm a little worried about the Celtics Philly at plus 450 as well, but I'm, I'm still pretty confident. I think this team with the experience that they have with the leadership that they have under Giannis, it's going to pull through and hopefully we get that Denver Milwaukee finals would be a lot of fun. So lock it in Milwaukee to come out of the East plus 130 DraftKings Sportsbook pick of the week. All right, we're going to have just a little bit of fun here on the second half of the podcast. Rockies won the home opener 1-0 today. Kyle Freeland gets the win. Pretty cool. I mean, my heart just has not been in it the same way post-Snowland Arenado. I, I was not there today. I've never been to opening day. When I was a kid, that was pretty high up on the, the list of things I'd like to do. I'd still like to go at some point. But it's just, it's been tough. It's tough when your team genuinely, at the top at least, does not care if they win or lose. Sports connections are are certainly deep. And my emotional attachment to the Rockies that goes back to my childhood, it's, it's significant. Much like CSU, it's been a big part of my life for a long time. But I really think with the fans, we've hit a point of apathy with the Rockies. And that's a really big problem. It did not feel like there was as much buzz for the home opener as there typically is. There's always going to be some fun stuff happening around the ballpark. It was a great crowd, all that. But typically, opening day in Denver is like a holiday. This is a buzzing sports community. We take it very seriously. It just feels like there's a lot of people like me, though, that post Nolan Arenado, your heart's just not in it. You're kind of like, what's the point? And it, it reminds me, of about a half-decade stretch where CSU students kind of felt that way. It's one thing to know that your team's not going to be good. Losing is inevitable. It's a part of sports. But if it feels pointless, like you don't even have a chance, then why invest your time? Why invest your emotion? And we saw for quite some time, many CSU students just chose not to. It felt pointless. And... I wonder, as this season goes on, because this Rockies team is not going to be good, they're just not going to be competitive, and I just wonder if eventually the fan base as a whole becomes so apathetic and so resentful of the Montfort ownership that it starts to feel like some of those games at the end of the Bobo era where you're playing in a half-empty stadium. It's never going to be an Oakland A's scenario where you only have a couple of thousand people. Denver is just too nice 
the ballpark is is too great. I mean, it's the best bar in Denver, if we're being realistic about it. And so people will continue to come just to have a good time because it's a good spot. But if the Rockies aren't careful, I think they're reaching territory where you're going to just lose people forever. Because the problem with the Rockies is not that they're losing. It's that they're not even trying to win. During those years where CSU was struggling, it's not like they weren't trying. Probably gave Bobo too long. Should have never hired Adazio, but they built the stadium. They made moves. They are, they're trying to be competitive and have been consistently for a long time. It hasn't been for a lack of effort. Even the Broncos the last six, seven years, they've been completely incompetent, but it's not like they, they haven't taken some hacks at the plate. They just haven't had much success, and that's a part of it. Losing is a part of sports. But if you want people to invest their time and their emotions, and their money into you as a team, you at least have to give the perception that you care about winning. The truth is there are way more teams in baseball and all of the leagues that operate more like the Rockies than anybody would love to admit. I mean, it's it's a money-making gig for a, a lot of owners. They really don't care. But they're a little less shameless when it comes to their approach. And I think that's the big difference right now is that Montfort basically laughs and and knows that people are going to keep coming. And the competitive spirit in me, the sports fan in me that got to watch Pat Bolin really embrace what it means to own a sports team and understand the responsibility of having a competitive team because of what it means in the community. It's not just about making money. That part of me has found it really hard to continue to support the Rockies. And that emotional attachment that I have that goes all the way back to my childhood. I don't think it's ever going to go away. I don't think I'll ever be a diehard fan of another team or anything like that. I'm just, I'm too connected at this point. I have too many memories associated with the Rockies, but just the fact that the home opener and opening day last week really kind of just felt like another day to me. Like it wasn't a big, important deal. Like it was throughout my entire childhood. That sucks. It, it, it feels like I've lost a part of me. And I just think this whole situation is also a, a Good reminder of why CSU needs to start winning because they have the the students invested. I almost feel like the pandemic was kind of a reset in that regard. You got a, a bunch of young students that came in and just didn't really know anything about CSU athletics. They didn't know a, a CSU that continually disappointed. So they came in engaged. And even though the results really have not consistently been there, at least on the football side, basketball, you know, they've had some success in, in volleyball at times as well. They've continued to show up. I was really impressed throughout this entire basketball season how great the student engagement was. But at the end of the day, you got to win. You got to win if you want to keep people invested, if you want to keep people engaged and entertained. So we'll see, I guess. We'll see what all happens. Uh, we're going to wrap up here with the top five sports days of the year from a fan's perspective. But when you get hurt, Bax and Shanker is here to help. Bax and Shanker wins for Colorado families. They've been helping those who are seriously injured in Colorado for more than 25 years. Bax and Shanker is free until they win money in your case. No upfront fee to speak with you about your case. No fee while they work on your case. And no fee unless they win your case and win money for you. Bax and Shanker has won over a billion dollars for their clients. Now with even more locations serving all of Colorado, including their put offices in Denver, Aurora, Inglewood, and Fort Collins. Bax and Shanker has the strength and power to win your case with more than 30 lawyers and 100 staff. 
Backus and Shanker helps with all kinds of injury cases when you weren't at fault, car accidents, motorcycle, rideshare, pedestrians, trucks. They can even help if you're injured at work. Call Backus and Shanker at 222-2222 to find out if you have a case for free. Backus and Shanker wins. Finally, you guys know that we love our Breck Brews over at DNVR. Breck Brew has been doing it for 32 years, and it all comes down to their love and passion for making good beer. Made with 100% renewable energy, gotta love that. And with the NHL playoffs coming up, there's never been a better time to go with a classic Avalanche Amber Ale. It's so consistent, hits every time. Check out the Breck Beer Locator at breckbrew.com to find a brew near you. It will tell you the closest liquor store, grocery store, whatever that sells Breckenridge products. Take all the inconvenience out of beer shopping. All right, y'all. I'm not going to spend a ton of time on this, but I thought it would be just kind of a a fun little subject to end with, especially because we just talked about Rockies fandom and opening day and all of that. And there was a point in my life where opening day absolutely would have been on this top five, but my heart just isn't quite in it the same way. I'll always love baseball. I'll always be a Rockies guy, but I need some things to change. Uh, with that in mind, let's get into it. Top five sporting days of the year. From a fan's perspective, I do want to add Pat some things would be really fun to attend as a fan. Some things would be really fun to attend uh, as a media person. For instance, I think going to a Final Four as a credentialed reporter would be epic, especially if you were sitting courtside. If you were sitting in the top of a football stadium as a fan, I'm not sure that'd be quite the same experience. And because of that, because it gets kind of tricky and the the nuance of the conversation, I decided I'm just going to do the top five sporting days of the year from a fan's perspective and it's not like bucket list trips. It's not going there. It's just being excited to to watch it, you know, probably on TV. Maybe you're, maybe you're lucky to be there, but those would all be different lists in my opinion. So uh, without further ado, at number five, we have got NFL week one. That first Sunday, you technically have the Thursday night football game or whatever to kick off the season, but that first NFL Sunday You've been craving football all summer long and you get games from 11 a.m. through the night game. And it's just such a perfect weekend. I mean, you have college games before that, so you're you're fully in the football swing of things. But there, there are a few things as fun as that first NFL Sunday. The excitement's still there. Every team is still in it. You know, that's the big thing about game one, opening day, the possibility of, you know, maybe it's going to be our year. Every fan still has that on that NFL opening weekend. At number four, I'm going to go... New Year's Eve and the college football playoff games. I'm a big college football playoff guy. I love bowl games too, but just getting to watch those New Year's Six bowl games and the college football playoff, you know, a lot of people are off work around the holidays. You've got, you know, junk food maybe from the, for the parties. It's just, it's fun. I have so many positive memories associated with sitting on the couch on a freezing New Year's Eve and, you know, watching some epic college football with my brother and my dad eating some hot wings. Maybe we got a pizza. To me, it just doesn't get any better than that. I love the holiday season. I love college football and the atmosphere and everything that goes into that. So when you factor all of that into it and just the emotion, the drama of what's at stake, I think it's pretty much tough to beat. I I think you can make a strong argument for the first weekend of college football too, the same way that I did for the NFL. I decided to go with the college football playoff just because of what's at stake. Uh, And that's that kind of leads me to number three. Sunday of the Masters. I'm not like a big golf nerd by any means. And I'm not saying you're nerdy if you like golf. I'm saying that I'm a nerd with the way that I consume many of the other sports, basketball, football. I'm diving into the numbers. I'm reading everything that I can. I'm not all consumed with golf the way that I am. 
with some of these other sports. But there's just something about the magic of the Masters weekend and the drama, the high-level golf, you know, getting to see these guys battle it out on, on Saturday and Sunday that just, it hits so different. Like, the course is gorgeous. You got Jim Nance on the call. The Masters, you don't even have to be a golf fan to appreciate it. It's kind of like WrestleMania. Maybe that's not a perfect comparison, but you don't have to watch wrestling to turn on WrestleMania and understand the the theatrics and the product of it and be able to have an appreciation for it. It's very similar with the Masters. It's a visual presentation that's just so special. The storytelling is just on another level, and obviously the competitive golf and what it means to these guys. It's crazy. I'll never, never forget seeing Tiger in... 2020, I think it was, was 2019, 2020, when he won the Masters again after all of us had counted him out, basically assumed we had seen the best of him year after year. It's just an epic, epic tournament. And as far as bucket list trips go, I think Augusta is pretty high up there. It'd definitely be top three for me. All right, number two, we've got Super Bowl Sunday. I mean, it's basically a holiday at this point, sitting around with the friends, eating snacks, watching the biggest game. It's about the camaraderie of the event more than anything. Obviously, we're hoping to be treated to a high-level football game, quality matchup, but just getting to hang out with your friends and loved ones and watch the game, that's what it's all about to me. And that's why I always love Super Bowl Sunday. Finally, number one, drumroll please, shocker I know, day one of the NCAA tournament. I don't think you can beat it. It's 15 straight hours of nonstop action Everyone still has an opportunity at that point, so everybody's still feeling hopeful. And at the same time, teams are having their dreams smashed in the chaos of it all. The spectacle of the NCAA tournament is just unmatched. The drama, the process, you get everybody tuned into this event for a couple of days, especially that first weekend when you still have the hope of your bracket panning out and all that and People are paying attention that aren't normally into college basketball. I just think it's really fun the way that it unites everybody. And while there are singular events, I think you could make an argument for like the Super Bowl is probably better than any singular NCAA tournament game. But the fact that you just get that much basketball for 15 straight hours, you can have the TV with multiple screens and just take it all in. It's it's sports heaven. So yeah, that's my top five. Got the first NFL Sunday of the season got New Year's Eve with the college football playoff games and some New Year's Six Bowls, Sunday at the Masters, Super Bowl Sunday, and then day one of the NCAA tournament. Anyways, hope everybody enjoyed this one. I know that I did. We'll have some more spring ball content coming up. We've got the spring game coming up, obviously, in a couple of weeks. Hopefully, some recruiting news on basketball will pick up, though I will just remind everyone to be patient. We were in a contact dead period after all. But uh, yeah, make sure you're keeping up with this pod to stay up to date with all things CSU Rams, Mountain West, college basketball, college football, you name it. We talk about it all. Shout out to the homies at DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. Download today. Use the promo code DNVR when you sign up. Much love, y'all. Peace.
skinny looking kid with the cup khakis wearing graphic tees feeling way too trendy raps that kill oh i'm deadly primed and ready like machetes at a deli in new delhi feeling scummy like martin scarelli turn jam into jelly then drink it like juice but water's the truth so i sip on that too skinny looking kid with no car keys like the only thing i drive is rcrv's got the stash like steve harvey oh i'm gnarly